This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Ground and pound. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I am Jeremy Brand, and you are listening to another absolutely fantastic edition of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. But this isn't the only site you can listen to us on. You can now catch Sucker Radio on LastWordOnSports.com. Yes, we are pleased to announce that we have joined the Last Word on Sports MMA team. And you can catch Sucker Radio on that website each and every Thursday, just like you can over here at MMASucker.com. Today we have a fantastic show for your listening pleasure I will be joined by UFC 187, sort of last-minute replacement, John McDessie, to talk his fight against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Now, this is a big one because uh, he steps in there against the number three ranked lightweight in the world, and he's not even on the charts for the UFC rankings at the lightweight division. Um, So check that interview out a little bit later on in the show. It'll feature things like this. I mean, like I said, I, I turn every striker into a wrestler. You, you look at my history and my fights. And also on the show today, you can catch Asia's own, from Singapore, Evolve MMA's Eddie Ng. Now this guy, he's a guy that I, I told him at the end of the interview that that I wanted to chat with him for like the last three years. He's a guy that's been on my radar. He fights for one championship. He came from the U.K., and now he's over in Singapore training with them beasts at Evolve MMA. And he's a guy that I've wanted to have on for some time. So you're going to sit back, relax, and enjoy a 30-minute ride with Eddie Ng in the next few minutes here. But kicking things off, last weekend we had UFC Fight Night 65, Miocic versus Hunt. And uh, this one was a tough one to watch for for fans of the sport, for lifelong fans that, that have been involved in MMA for quite some time, and fans of the old school, because Mark Hunt got his ass handed to him, to say the least. This guy got in there, and you know, he can swing with the best of them, but Miocic had other th- plans for him, and he he did end up finishing the fight in the fifth round, but if I were Hunt's corner, I wouldn't have been... Uh, I wouldn't have been taking too much time to throw in that towel because Stipe Miocic had him up against the cage. He was beating him to a pulp. If you saw any of the pictures on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere like that, Mark Hunt did not look like the same man after that fight. He was he was beaten up. And uh, Miocic moves another step up the ladder in the heavyweight division. It's It's sort of a bleak heavyweight division, so this m- could move him as close to a title shot as he's going to get right now. So keep a lookout for Stipe Miocic. Who knows what's next for him, but he put a beating on Mark Hunt in the main event at this one. Now this was a four-fight main card. In the co-main event, Robert Whitaker stunned Brad Tavares. And, and by stunned, I mean he finished him in 44 seconds. He knocked him out, and he looked damn good doing it. 
Uh, he was, you know, he's the local favorite back in Australia where this fight card went down. And uh, Tavares hasn't looked the same his last couple fights. He, he got tagged in this one and he dropped. So congratulations to Robert Whitaker for a big, big, big victory in the middleweight division. Another one, this was sort of the night of the upsets. Sean O'Connell TKO'd Anthony Paroche. Another quick one, 56 seconds into the very first round. He he put a beating on Paroche and uh, forced the referee to stop the fight up against the cage. In the main or in the kicking off the main card, this whole card aired on Fight Pass, but the main card, as I said, was four fights. Lightweights James Vick and Jake Matthews took to the cage. This one ended in the first round as well, very late in the first round. But James Vick locked in a submission, a guillotine choke at four minutes and fifty-three seconds of the very first round. That's all I'm going to talk about that one. It is fight week. This weekend we have UFC Fight Night 66 in the Philippines. Um, I guess from a couple weeks back, Uriah Faber is on this card. And uh, should be a good one. I also had Cajun Johnson on, on, on the show a couple weeks back as well. So looking forward to this one. The one thing I'm not looking forward to, waking up at 4 in the morning Pacific time to catch the prelims. Very, very early for you fight fans. Actually, 5 o'clock in the morning Pacific time, 8 a.m. Eastern time for the preliminary card. The entire fight card from the Philippines airs on Fox Sports 1 in the States. Um, so catch that six-fight main card. And the main event, as I said, Frankie Edgar, Uri Faber, Gegard Mousasi, Costas Filippou, Luke Barnott versus Mark Munoz, Hyun Gwai Lim, Against Neil Magny. This Neil Magny. Man, this is a guy that if he wins this, he'll be on a seven-fight winning streak, believe it or not. Uh, Yui Chui Nam versus Philippe Nover. You know, the guy on Ultimate Fighter that everyone was dubbing the next George St. Pierre, the next Anderson Silva. Well, he was dropped from the UFC a few years back, built up a five-fight winning streak, I believe, and now he's back in there in front of his own Philippine crowd. So, should be a fun one. And kicking off the Fox Sports 1 main card, Mark Adiva against Levon Makashevil. So, keep it locked to that. This Saturday, very early, it's a UFC fight morning, as the poster is dubbing it. Get ready for a wake-up call. So, it should be a good one. This weekend, UFC fight morning 66, Edgar versus Faber. Not a lot of news from this week. So what I'm going to do is let you sit back, as I said, fasten the seatbelt and listen to my 30-minute interview with One Championship's Eddie Ng. Do you like donuts? Well, my next guest definitely does. Eddie Ng is a 7-2 lightweight who will take on Ariel Sexton at One Championship 27 on May 22nd. Please welcome the magician himself, Eddie Ng, to Sucker Radio. Eddie, thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Now, before we get to fighting, let's talk about your wild eating habits. You're definitely one of my favorite fighters to keep an eye on in the social media realm, not necessarily because of your training, but because of all your food food pictures. I mean, uh, you are a giant Krispy Kreme donuts fan. Explain this obsession to our listeners. Okay, this started uh, when I was living in the UK, and the area that I was living in didn't have uh, Krispy Kremes. And I, I used to have to travel 
play. About close to 200 miles in the car to get some Krispy Kreme donuts. And it was kind of like the experience was because you would have to get in the car, you would have to plan your whole day around just getting these donuts. And um, it was it was a good experience because at first it was just me, um, me, my brothers that would go down. And we would travel just for these donuts. But then I used to tell my friends, I used to say, oh, look, there's these donuts that you just have to try. And then <laughs> my friends would say, what, what, is it just donuts? And I said, no, 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 no. These are not just donuts. These, like, you have to try them to understand what I'm talking about. So then slowly this road trip would turn from, like, two people to, like, three people. And it would be, like, four people. And then eventually it was just, you know, me and, like, a ton of friends would go down just to travel for these donuts, you know, and would make a whole day out of it. We'd go, we'd go look at the rounder shop malls and stuff like that. But nonetheless, the whole focus was just on trying these donuts out. And I was really proud because I was trying to, I was introducing all my friends to these donuts. (laughs) Do they have Krispy Kreme in Singapore? They do. Yeah. They just, they just opened up. uh, Actually, there's two or three outlets now, I think. Um, But it's not quite the same because, because it's on your doorstep. So now it's like, I just have to hop on a train and then it takes like 10 minutes to get to the, the outlet. And then I just, grab a donut and i'm kind of spoiled now that's what i was gonna say it could either be dangerous or it could be the complete opposite yeah so fortunately for me it was the opposite so it kind of now i don't have to make a whole day out of it and i don't have to you know carefully plan when i'm gonna leave and stuff like that it's it's kind of i've moved on you know i've moved from crispy creams onto something else and that's basically the way I, i i go i kind of have a certain period of time where i just love like a certain type of food or or something and i just want that's all i want to eat for that certain time and i'll move on to something else once i get sick of it so there are other naughty food choices on your list yeah name it i've probably had that phase but <laughs> i mean at the minute i've <laughs> actually not at the minute it's been ongoing for ever, ever since i moved to singapore so I, i'm waiting for this to die out but i don't think it's ever going to um there's something called kaya toast in Singapore, and it's a it's a toast that has some butter and some coconut jam inside, and it doesn't sound that special, but uh, when you try it, you'll understand why I love it so much. And um, I remember after one, actually the very first one championship fight that I had, uh, my whole goal after that <clears throat> was to find the best kaya toast in Singapore. So I was just travel, traveling around to the different cafes that had this toast, and I was just trying all of them to try and figure out or try and find the best one. Have you hit that nail on the head? I have, but I'm still willing to try other ones. that uh, People always have their own favorites, and uh, they always say, oh, I know you love kaya toast, so you need to try this one. I'm like, oh, okay, I've never tried that one. Let me go and see if it's, if it's good, you know. So anybody that's listening, if you have some Kaya Toast spots, uh, let me know. I'll go check it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to search that out, too. I mean, it sounds really good. I'm going to have to check it out on the Internet. So for people that are listening to this show that don't know who Eddie Ng is, just sort of give them a background on how you got into the sport of mixed martial arts. Because, I mean, yeah, you're, you're a big name in, in the realm of Asian MMA, but North Americans might not know who you are. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in, in the UK, and I actually had my first MMA fight 
in the UK. Um, and this was, I think this was when I was 16 years old, so that's about 13 years ago. And I had my first uh, MMA fight. And it wasn't because of I wanted to fight. Actually, it was because my friends at the time, they said, uh, oh, you're never going to be able to fight, <laughs> right? And, and the reason why they said that was because at that age, 15, 16, that's when, that's when you kind of go out partying and, and drinking and stuff like that. Um, and that was kind of the culture back then. And I never wanted to, to do that because I was always, if you want to call it training, um, I was always training when they were going out partying, which was always the, the weekend, so the Friday and the Saturday. Um, and they would always say, come on, you've got to go out, you've got to go out and there's a party here, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of people there, it's going to be fun. And I would be like, no, it's not really my type of thing. Um, I, I don't really want to go. And that's just because I was training uh, in my conservatory in the house where I would lay down a, like a quilt, like a, like a Power Rangers one or a, a little Aladdin one or something. And that would be my uh, mat that I would train on uh, because I didn't want to roll around on the carpets. Otherwise, it would have got burnt, you know, like yeah. carpet burns. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so my friends were, were supposed to be my friends, but they started to, to make fun of what I was doing. And I guess they had a right because I didn't have somebody that was coaching me or telling me if I was doing things right or wrong. And I wasn't training at, a, at a, an academy or a gym or anything like that. It was in, it was in my own home, you know. So they they kind of made fun of me and they said, like, you're never going to be able to fight like you watch on, on the tapes, like on the VHS tapes. That's how long ago it was, you know. And, um, and if somebody tells me that I can't do something, I have this really competitive side. And I guess having two older brothers um, who used to always beat me on games or at sport or something like that, um, when somebody tells me that I can't do something, I'm always going to try everything I can do to try and prove them wrong. Um, so when they said that you can't fight, like, maybe I couldn't, but I didn't really care. I just wanted to try and prove them wrong. And uh, I just signed up to fight MMA with no formal training. And uh, fortunately, I, I came out with a win on that one. Um, but my so-called friends, they were kind of afterwards they were saying, oh, man, that's amazing, you know, like we've always supported you and stuff like that. And I was thinking, well, actually, you weren't. Yeah. You never supported me. And you only want to speak to me and say good things about me now because I'd fought and I'd won, right? Um, so <clears throat> that pretty much started my MMA career off. Um, after that first time, I, I was competing since then. But obviously, I had breaks with education when I went to university and um, and things like that but I actually had I've been involved in the MMA scene for quite a while now and it's been amazing to see how much it's grown from from back uh, when I was like 16 years old to to now so um, I people are spoiled for what they have now in terms of MMA you can go on the internet you can search your your local area and you'll find some sort of martial arts academy or some MMA gym that you can go and train at. Whereas back then I didn't have that luxury. 
and I was learning from VHS tapes, not even instructional <laughs> videos, but actual competition videos wow. where, yeah, and I, I would see, uh, let's say I would see uh, a submission hold, um, I, would, I would watch it and I'd be like, how does that work? And, and then I have one younger brother and I would say to him, come here, come here. <laughs> so I'd say, okay, so he, his arm goes around his neck, then he holds his other arm and then what does he do? I just squeezes. So then I would, I would do the exact same thing. My brother would start coughing. I'd think, oh, okay, that's how it works. Right. And then that's how, that's how I would learn. I would watch uh, a fight video and, and imitate what I saw, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> how much do you look back at, at those times, not, not just training at home in the basement and, and whatnot or in the living room, but also to the... To the those guys that were your so-called friends, how much of that still goes through your mind while you're entering the ring or the cage um, to give you that sort of motivation? Do you ever look back on that and still still get the motivation that you had from back then? Um, you know what? I think I, I don't use that as motivation anymore because I, I truly, truly love what I do, and I'm really I'm actually thankful for for those friends that if I can call them friends that used to make fun of me. Um, and it's not just with that experience, but it's with every experience in the past. Uh, growing up in the UK, I experienced a lot of bullying and racism. And at the time, of course, it wasn't pleasant. But when I look at it now, I'm thankful for each experience that I've ever had, whether it's good or it's bad, because I really believe that everything that's happened in the past has kind of led me to be where I'm at today and to be the person that I am today. So those that, those that made fun of me in the past, you know, I, I, I don't look back and, and resent those moments. I'm actually thankful for them because if they didn't happen, maybe I wouldn't be speaking to you now. Maybe I wouldn't be competing in MMA, you know. I don't know how my life would be if, if those situations didn't happen in the past. For sure. Now, you said that, uh, you know, you started MMA... Not very long ago, actually. 2003, I think, was your your first amateur fight, which is listed on SureDog. Your first professional Uh fight in 2007. But you haven't amassed a huge record. Your record is 7-2. Now, I know there's injuries, and you said university and whatnot. Do you hope to be more active in 2015? (laughs) I've always planned on being active um, and having several fights a year, but for some reason it never... It never happens, you know, like due to injuries or, you know, bad luck, opponents pulling out or, or something, you know, there's always been something. So, you know, maybe I, I need to change that approach and say, okay, I'm only going to fight one time a year. And then maybe <laughs> my luck will change and then maybe I'll be able to fight more. Um, but of course, the plan is always to have uh, a few fights a year. I think one fight is not enough. That's not ideal. But then again, like, too many fights I don't feel is is optimal either. Um, so for me, I think like three fights a year, uh, three, four fights is, is kind of optimal, not just to, to stay active, but also to improve in that time in between. That's what I was going to uh, say. Do you think your progression hasn't gone as fast as it could have because of the inactivity? I think even though I haven't been active, like competing, I've still always been training and it's something that's I've done for ever since I started fighting. I've always been training regardless of whether I have a fight or not. And that's why sometimes 
I don't like to say that I'm a fighter as opposed to uh, a martial artist because as a fighter, you just train to fight, right? But as a martial artist, you're training to improve yourself, uh, to, to get better every single time and every single day. And that's, that's what I've been trying to do. That's my philosophy uh, regarding training. So I think I'm always improving as a martial artist. But for sure, I think you need to compete to be the best fighter that you, that you can be um, because there's a lot that goes on in fighting that you don't have during training, right? There's a lot of pre-fight nerves, you know, the whole experience of making weight, um, you know, backstage before a fight, um, dealing with the adrenaline that you get before a fight. Uh, the intensity is totally different. So there are a lot of competition elements that are that I'll miss out on, but I am still training. Um, but I think, yeah, if I was more active as a competitor, for sure, I think I would be better as a competitor if I was active. Now you do train at an awesome gym at Evolve MMA, but you have made the trek out to North America. You know, you've trained, I, I believe you trained with the alpha male boys, correct? Uh, how, how, how much did that differ from, uh, back in Singapore with Evolve and, and how much did you progress by, by changing up camps? Um, well, that, that started because uh, Joseph Benavidez actually came to Evolve, and um, he, he, was, he was here for about two weeks, I believe, and um, he just kind of had a different ways of doing things. Um, I mean, he has a, he has a, a wrestling background, so his, his wrestling is one of his strongest points, but his whole style in terms of his wrestling style, his striking style, um, his grappling style was all very different. And as a, as a martial artist, I want to be able to see all these different styles and different ways of doing things. And I want to try them for myself and see if they fit into my style and my game. Um, so after he left, you know, he, he said that he, you, like any of us are more than welcome to go out and train. So I kind of decided to, to take him up on the, on the offer and I went out to train with him and, and the rest of the guys at Team Alpha Male. Um, and it was just to see how, how the guys were doing certain techniques, you know. Um, a double leg takedown is a double leg takedown, but there are certain different details and nuances that people will do. And unless you go out and experience that, you, you don't really know. You'll never, you'll never know these things. So I was... It was kind of a, it was a good change to see how they were doing certain things and what their mindset was on why they do certain techniques. Um, I think it's good to get a, a different feel in terms of training partners um, because they have a very different skill set to the guys that I'm training with on a daily basis at Evolve. Um, I mean, I train with a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champions, so they have... <laughs> I mean, they tie me in knots on the ground. Uh, they submit me whenever they want. You know, they sweep, sweep me whenever I, whenever I want, whenever they want, sorry. Um, it's like the Muay Thai world champions that I train with, they, the reflexes that they have is, is something that you won't ever experience, you know, unless you spar with these guys. Um, and because I'm training with them on a daily basis, it's almost like you, you get used to it and you're kind of, take it for granted almost and um when i went to team alpha male and i got to see other people 
um, and how their style was different and how they've done things differently. It made me appreciate what I have at Evolve. Um, I think there's value in, in training with different different uh, camps just to see how, how they're doing certain techniques. Do you think it's not just the different camps, but the different countries? Do, do the different countries train differently than each other? Um, one of the things that was very prominent when I first went there was that everybody had a really strong wrestling background. Um, I guess that's because wrestling, you can wrestle in, in college and it's very easy to, you know, it's, wrestling is much bigger in, in the U.S. than it is in, in Asia, for example. Um, so I think, yeah, because of the wrestling base, they've done a lot of the techniques that they've done suited them much, much better, you know, um, because of the, the wrestling background. Whereas the guys that I'm training with at Evolve, they have, for example, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu background. So their mindset is a lot different to a wrestler's mindset. So their techniques that they would do in a certain situation is different to what uh, a wrestler would do. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's important to, to kind of see that and get a different look on, on things um, because you're never only going to fight somebody with a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu background. You're never only going to fight somebody with a, a wrestling background. So I think the more you see in terms of training when it comes to fight time, you're not caught it by surprise by, by the other guy because you've seen that, that type of style before in training. You've been put in those situations before in training. So you're never, you know, you're never caught in a moment where you're like, oh, no, what, what, what's going on here? Uh, at least you, you've seen that before. All right, one championship 27. As I said, you'll take on Ariel Sexton. You guys both sort of started your careers at around the same time and have victories over one of the same guys in Peter Davis. Would you say he uh-huh. is your toughest test to date? Um, I don't ever think an opponent is the toughest um, because I think they're all tough. Uh, I think every single opponent has their own unique skill set and their own different strengths. Um, so to say that Ariel Sexton would be the toughest one, I, I, I couldn't say that, but because I do think that every single opponent that I fought is tough. Um, but this is the first time that I've, I'm going to be facing somebody with his skill set in terms of his grappling pedigree, somebody with a high-level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu background. So I will say that this is the first time that I am fighting somebody with, with that type of strength. Um, but I wouldn't say he's the toughest because I think every single opponent that I've ever fought is, has been tough. Where would you see yourself having the advantages? You said you train with world-class guys. You must see yourself in there poking the bear somewhere. Um, advantage-wise, you know, I think, I think we're, we're pretty similar in terms of, um, let me explain, his, his grappling strength, I, I mean, his grappling is his strength, but in the fights that I've seen, he's, he's willing to strike standing up. Um, he can wrestle. Um, he's, he's not just a jiu-jitsu guy, which a lot of people kind of focus on, um, if you look at his skill set, you would see that he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. So a lot of people would maybe think that, oh, he's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, so he's purely just a, a Jiu-Jitsu guy, right? But no, when you watch his other fights, he's, he's got dangerous striking and he's got good wrestling also. Um, and that's, 
that's something that I think you have to have in terms of MMA. You can't just be one-sided now. You can't just have really good grappling but no striking. And um, I think both of us match up really well in terms of we both can fight striking. We can both wrestle. We can both grapple. Yeah, and you both don't go to the judges' scorecards. Neither of you have been to the decision in in any of your fights. So do you see this one playing out the same way? Someone will get the finish? I th- yeah, I think um, he, Ariel Sexton's a very aggressive fighter. I, I do believe he went to the decision against Kamal Shalarus um, in his, maybe two fights ago. Uh, but that, I think that's the only fight he's went to a decision. Um, and I think, yeah, because he's so so aggressive and for myself I, I, I don't like leaving fights to the judges uh, I think for sure the, there will be a finish in this fight Do you think that, that, that I mean you were riding a four fight win streak with 1FC if you didn't come up short in that last fight do you think your opponent would be much different than this Ariel Sexton fight? Um, I don't think so um, I, I really don't I mean the one championship lightweight division is absolutely stacked. Uh, there's a ton of tough opponents and, you know, every single fight is tough. Uh, every single opponent's tough. And I think competing at a, at a high level, you just, you just have to be ready to fight the toughest guys, you know? Uh, so I don't think win or lose the last fight. I don't think uh, that had a really such a play in, in terms of who I'm fighting now. Does a win, did, did they tell you a win puts you right up there in contender status? I, I, don't, I don't really like to think of it so much. Um, I just want, <laughs> Fair enough. I just, I just, I just want to fight, get better, and just enjoy the time that I, that I have competing because I know I'm not going to be able to do it forever. So I just, this whole thing, this like fighting, the, the wins and stuff like that, I'm just trying to enjoy it as much as I can now because you know, like 20 years down the line, I'm not going to be able to do this. So I, I'm just, I'm trying to enjoy life like right now. And, 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 and I'm doing what I love every single day. And I'm extremely blessed and grateful for, for my life that I have now. What's cool is that you, you've fought for one championship six time, six times now. How have you seen the organization grow from your first outing, which was when they were very young in their mixed martial arts game, to this one that you're coming up to now? Yeah, um, this is something that, that's really amazing because I fought on the very first one championship in 2011. And I remember that. I remember that was the biggest crowd, of, like live crowd attendance that I'd ever fought for at the time. Um, and to see the, the size of the crowd from then, I remember when I walked out on that, on that first event and I was like, crazy, look at how many people are here, right? Um, as opposed to now where you go you go out and there's over double what there was in the first event. I mean, and it's only been um, like three, like three years, three and a half years yeah. almost. Yeah. And, uh, and the crowd size has, has doubled. Um, but not only that is, I tell you what I, I, I notice now is that the fans and the spectators that are there watching, those have totally changed in terms of the fans are so much more educated now. And it's when you watch a, an MMA fight, if you don't really, if you're new to the sport of MMA, if you see somebody striking, exchanging punches and kicks, that's easy to understand. So 
it's easy to understand when somebody's doing well and it's easy to understand when somebody's not. But in terms of grappling, if you are new to MMA, it's a little bit more difficult to understand what's going on. So the, one of the biggest changes that I've realized is the education of the fans and the crowd. Because now when there's a grappling exchange, the, the crowd understand what's going on. So when there's a, a close submission, you can hear the crowd kind of like gasp and, and start cheering and clapping and stuff like that, which maybe that wouldn't have happened at the very beginning when, when the awareness of grappling wasn't, wasn't so much, you know? Yeah, that's, and, re- that's really cool because that, that still doesn't happen everywhere. Th- that's right, yeah. Um, people, they, I mean, they, I understand they want to see um, like finishes and stuff like that, but it's not just limited to striking. I mean, the grappling can be exciting. Um, and it, it, it's really good for me as a fighter to, to see that the fans and the spectators really appreciate the grappling side now. Um, and they understand that, you know, grappling can be exciting because of the, the exchanges and they understand that there's a lot of skill and technical, uh, little, like small little details that are going on that you wouldn't, you wouldn't really know if you don't understand grappling. So as I said, six fights with one FC, are you content fighting there or, or is the ultimate goal to get to the ultimate fighting championship, the UFC, the top of the peak? Um... You know, it's a competitor for me. As I mentioned before, it's just it's just about competing um, and being the best that I can be. Um, I mean, when I first started competing MMA, you know, I, I would think, okay, I want to fight for this organization. I want to fight for this one. But now as I've gotten older, the way I think about things is a lot different. Um, I mean, I know that I'm not going to be able to fight forever. And... That that that's really changes the way that my mentality is about fighting because I no longer think about oh I want to fight here or there you know I'm just enjoying this time as an actual MMA competitor doing what I can do uh, doing what I love and because I know that not everybody can do this and not everybody can do this forever so um, I'm happy with with just fighting on on one championship it's you know the largest promotion in Asia. There's, there's probably going to be 15,000 people in attendance. Yeah. You know, millions of people watching around the world on, on the TVs or on the internet stream or something like that. And, you know, like, there's nothing... I, I, I can't... I'm, I'm content with that, you know? I, how could I not be? Um, just the, this whole journey of martial arts has been absolutely crazy from... Not just from a competing and, um, like competitive perspective but just in terms of where i've ended up over the years being being like living in singapore teaching at evolve mma i mean that's that's crazy in itself you know finally before i let you go here i just want to know i mean you sound like you're you're fairly content with where you're at what are your goals for the remainder of 2015 2015 um what i want to do is stay injury free (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's the. I, I've I've had quite a lot of bad luck in terms of with injuries and stuff like that. And I'm, um, my whole goal for 2015 is to stay injury free. And by staying injury free, that means I want to be able to compete more. That means I want to. I'm going to be able to train all the time and not have to take time off due to injuries. Um, and I know that 
training is something that I love and an injury doesn't just stop me from fighting, but it stops me from training. And when I'm not able to train, you know, I, it's a, it's a big part of my life because I've done it for so long that, you know, I start to go on this downward spiral and of where I feel like, Oh no, like what, what, what am I supposed to do with my time if I can't train? Um, but yeah, my goal for 2015 is to stay injury free, keep training and, hopefully stay as active as I can and make up for an inactive 2014. He is Eddie Young. He'll take on Ariel Sexton at one championship 27 on May 22nd. In all honesty, man, you're a guy that I've wanted to have on the show for probably the last three years, and I'm glad I've finally gotten to do it. It's been an absolute pleasure, almost 30 minutes chatting with you. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe and any sponsors or shout-outs or anything like that that you'd like to do now. Yep, um, you, can, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Eddie underscore Magician. Um, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. And I would, I would like to say thank you to Chatrice at your tongue at Evolve MMA um, for believing in me and bringing me from the, the UK over to Singapore and just totally changing my life. Eddie, all the best on the 22nd. And I'm going to have to have a lookout for that toast you were talking about. It's, it'll be the best decision you ever have ever made. <laughs> thanks yeah. a lot, man. All right. Okay, thanks very much, Jeremy. Joining me now is a man who is stepping in as a bit of a last-minute replacement against Donald the Cowboy Cerrone at UFC 187. Please welcome John the Bull, Mac Desi to Suck Radio. John, thanks for taking the time out of your day, man. Uh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Now, just explain to our listeners how this all came about. I mean, you just fought Shane Campbell a couple weeks back, and now you'll be fighting the Cowboy at UFC 187. Just explain how everything came into fruition. Yeah, man, it's crazy. You know, it's like, it's like in the dream. You know, sometimes I got to wake up to remind myself what's going on. Uh, that that being said, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, very simple. I do some Twitter, Twitter stuff going on. I don't really try to follow. I don't really, you know, uh, I wasn't really focusing on too much. You know, I just finished that fight. I was resting. I was back at home resting my body from a fight, and uh, people were saying, you know, uh, John should fight Cerrone. And then I spoke to Hector Castro, he's my manager, and uh, I told him to call up the UFC, see what, what's what's going on. You know, if that's uh, if it's true or not. I thought I thought it was a joke. You know what I mean? And I, I and I the, the offer presented itself, and uh, and then I get a call saying that they 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 chose you to fight Cerrone, and I, and I like I said, you know, it's an it's a great opportunity for me to test my skills, you know, and, you know, I mean, and I, I want to be the best. I want to be a world champion. And, and this is not a, a better, a more great, more of an honor for me to fight a guy like that. It's a huge opportunity. You're not, this is the number three ranked lightweight in the world. You're not in the top 15 at this point in rankings uh, on the UFC rankings chart. I mean, this is a giant opportunity. Yeah, I mean, listen. Yeah, of course, I understand. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, ranking is irrelevant. You know, I mean, I, I'm a fighter. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's very simple. You know, Don Sterling built his name from WBC. He built his name from WBC. You know, I came from. You know, I'm coming from. I'm coming from the bottom of the ladder. You know, I mean, it's different. You know, a lot of fighters. They, you know, a lot of fighters underestimate me. A lot of people. You know, they don't. They underrate my my, my skills. You know, I, I fought top competitors in my in my in my career. You know, I fought top guys much bigger than me. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it was politics. I mean, it's a, 
you know, it's, it's a hard business, you know, it's, it's a hard business to climb up. And, you know, at the end of the day, I can't fight the whole division. I, can't, I, I, I knew that I can't fight the whole division. You know, my goal is, is to, you know, get good, solid three, four wins, you know, prove to the UFC that I'm an exciting fighter, I'm an entertaining fighter, and, 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 and get, a, get a top guy, you know, to test my skills. You know, I mean, I, I'm 30 years old. I can't fight for the rest of my life. You know, for me, it's now or never. You know, and this is this is the great, uh, perfect time. I came from uh, I, I fought a couple of weeks, one round. You know, thank God I wasn't nothing serious, no major injuries. I'm, I'm healthy. You know, I'm, I'm focused, and uh, I have a great team now. I'm, I fell, I really fell in love with the sport. You know, I feel like mentally, physically, I'm in a different level. You know, so so you know, at the end of the day, for, for me, it's just uh, you know, I've been doing this all my life. This is what this was always I was dreaming about this for a long time. You know, so. I'm just very happy that I'm able to get an opportunity. Really, I mean, you said rankings, you know, that's that's out the window kind of thing. But really, in this fight, they do sort of matter because Anthony Pettis is injured, Khabib Nurmagomedov is injured, and you're fighting the next guy in line. And, I mean, with a victory over Cerrone, you're basically knocking right on that door. Yeah, of course. Like I said, every fighter's goal should be becoming world champion. I mean, that's what we that's what we work very hard for, you know, to get that title contention. You know, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. You know, you want to be the best. You know, what I mean, so so yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not uh, right now. I'm I'm you know I'm taking like it's another fight. You know, it's another fight. I'm not fighting a name. I'm fighting another fighter. You know, I fought a top guy. My last opponent was 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 was, was a hell of a guy. You know, a great great top striker. You know, I mean, this guy was uh, you know, this guy was very serious. You know, a lot of guys didn't know him because he was his first fight in the UFC. But this guy was a K1 uh, Muay Thai champion. This guy was a much bigger guy. He was very strong. And, and uh, you know, now I'm finding another Thai guy, Donald Swan. You know, he's another Thai style. And, and I've been preparing myself mentally, physically, working with the best guys at TriStar Gym. You know, I mean, uh, every day, hard work, intensity. I mean, you know, I'm just can't wait for May 23rd. It's going to be fireworks. Does that help a little bit? I mean, Shane Campbell, as you said, he's a Muay Thai guy. Donald Cerrone is a Muay Thai guy. Basically, the camps are are very similar. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, I I truly believe Shane Campbell was more of a, uh, a more of a well seasoned striker. I mean, because of his background, you know, yeah. coming from a Thai Muay Thai, you know, Cerrone is more of a Thai style, but for MMA, you know, it's just completely different. It's a complete different game, you know, because you have takedowns and you, you have the ground game, so it's a, it's a different uh, dynamics, you know, the dynamics changes, but, you know, for, for, for me, uh, it's about, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to that in the gym, I'm, I'm used to guys trying to shoot and get into my legs, you know, my, my style of fighting is to make it exciting, that's how I train, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and try to play points, I'm not going to go out there and try to hold you, take you down and, and try to you know, try to run the clock or try to get a submission. You know, my goal is to go out there and give the fans an exciting fight. That's how I train. This is what, and that's this is this is this is my focus. You know, is to give a fight, give the fans an entertaining fight. And I truly believe that the UFC, you know, finally gets it. They, they kind of see my my talent. They see what I'm capable of doing. You know, if, you know, I I always actually believe in my skills. You know, and uh, if Donald Sony comes to engage, it's going to be an exciting fight. You know, if he comes. If it comes to the fight, trying to, you know, play the point system and try, you know, uh, run around for five minutes or try to take me down, it's going to be a boring fight. You know what I mean? So, for me, it's all about the fans. For me, it's about, you know, giving the fans what they want. They want to see fight, man. 
You've watched Donald Cerrone for long enough. You know that he's not going to come in there and play that point game. He loves getting in your face and fighting sort of the same style that you do. Do you think the scrappiness will play right into in, into your favor? You know, I, uh, I just really believe that, that for me, you know, uh, it's about being a complete fighter, you know. Uh, you have to be able to move and hit, hit and move. You know, you need to have this, you have to be unpredictable, you know. I have to have many dimensions. Donald Cerrone is great coming forward. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm testing, you know, I, I put guys in the gym that come forward at me and, and you know, you see what happens. You know I mean, I'm, I'm able to fight. You know, I'm able to fight backing up. I'm able to come forward. I'm able to play the defense, offense. I'm able to time. I'm able to counter. I'm, I'm three-dimensional. I'm, I'm, I'm all-dimensional fighter. You know, I mean, I'm able to do it all. You know, and so, so I think the, 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 the keys for this fight is going to be for me. It's all. It's going to be defense and, and timing and counters. You know, we'll see who's more quicker, who's faster, and who's more. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about conditioning. Who's a lot more conditioned fighter. In all honesty, when when your name was announced to take on Donald Cerrone, I saw on Twitter a lot of people were quite surprised. Were were you yourself surprised that you got this matchup? Yeah, I mean, of course. I, I mean, like I said, I didn't think it serious. I wasn't taking it really serious when when the opportunity presented itself. When people were telling me, you know, you should fight Cerrone. That's why I called Hector, uh, you know, and I and we spoke to, and I spoke to the UFC because I can't do that. That's what only. The people that, that matter is, is, is the UFC, you know. The, you know what I mean. So I spoke to them, and, and they gave me the fight, you know. So, so I, you know, I mean, it, I, I would have been an idiot not to take it. Yeah. Regardless. <laughs> For me, it's a win situation. You no, know, I'm fighting. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't. I'm not looking at it. I'm looking at. It, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this like uh, when an opportunity knocks at your door. You know what I mean? You gotta, you, you gotta open the door, you know, and welcome it because uh, in, in life, you know, things don't come your way that often. This is by far the biggest fight of your career. When you step inside the cage against Donald Cerrone, where do you see yourself having the advantages? I mean, you know, the funny thing is I respect him. You know, he, uh, I, I trained a few years back. We worked together. We trained together, you know, in, in New Mexico. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very similar. I'm very familiar to his style. I, I know exactly, you know, mentally, physically how he is. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm not focused too much on what he's going to do. I might go around to focus on what I'm going to do. You know, that's, that's the key for me is to, to stay calm, compose, and just, you know, take care of like another, another fight. You know, I, 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 I train harder every day. I got sparring sessions three times a week. Leading up to the fight, I'm cutting weight and I'm still pushing the pace. You know, there's not too many fighters can train, train in my level. You know, my intensity, my focus, everything is just, I find that everything is, 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 is aligned. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, so, uh, I'm just trying, you know. I'm, I'm honestly, man. I'm just trying to enjoy the journey every day. You know, focus on 200 feet. You know, not focus too much on the fight. The fight is gonna come. The fight is gonna take place. You know, I'm, I'm excited. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, we'll see. We, everybody's gonna have to tune in and, and see what will happen. UFC 187 goes down in a couple weeks here, but coming up this weekend is one of your training partners, Raging Cajun Johnson. I know you train with this guy a bunch. How do you see his fight going down? Yeah, Cajun Johnson, a phenomenal athlete. He's been helping me prepare. I've been helping him prepare. Yeah, man, Cajun is, is uh, you know, he's a veteran. He's a, he's a lot of experience. A great guy, you know. He really he really loves fighting, this guy, you know what I mean? He's one of those guys that really enjoys fighting, you know. For me, it's more about business. For him, it's more about, you know, love. You know, he just wants to go out there and fight. So uh, he's, he's in good shape, you know. He'll, 
you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, fighting business is always 50-50, you know what I mean? So it's all about, you know, who's, you know, it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of, you know, who's more healthier. You know, it's a combination of things, you know what I mean? Fighting, it's not, it's not just as simple as going into the cage and fighting. There's a lot of, there's a lot of factors, uh, you know, behind it. There's a lot of layers that people don't see. Yeah, mentalness and healthiness is, is something that plays into factor. I mean, you have only fought once a year for the past couple of years. I mean, you fought September 2013, yeah. and then you didn't fight until February 2014, and then April 2015. So you're lucky to have two fights so close to each other. Would you like to stay fairly active following this UFC 187 fight? You know what? Uh, the way things are going, you know, I find that I feel I'm more wiser, you know. Uh, I travel. I travel around the world. You know, I question a lot of my training. That you know, it, this type of sport it teaches you a lot. You know what I mean? And I just see a lot of fighters overworked, overtrain, and this is why they can't. They don't go out there and perform. And I'm, I'm just. I find that I'm, I'm finding my rhythm. I'm finding. You know, I'm listening to my body. I'm training smarter. You know what I mean? And I find this is how I'm gonna have longevity, and this is how I'm, I'm gonna be able to stay more active. You know. Uh, I find that I have a great team, you know, and, and that's been helping me a lot tremendously, you know, from my mental coach to my nutrition coach to my, uh, you know, to my mixed martial art games, you know, I've been working with great guys, you know, uh, I find that it's a combination of things, you know, I mean, and, and the hardest thing is to be consistent, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's the key is to be consistent. And I find that that's the only way I'm able to, to go out there and, and perform at a high level is to, for me to stay consistent. You spoke mental coach. What exactly does the mental coach do with you? I mean, Brian Kane is uh, Brian Kane is uh, been working with me for a few years now. He, he works with NFL players, baseball players. Uh, he even works with uh, you know some of the best guys, Vitor Belfort, uh, George St. Pierre, David Lewaldo. He works with a lot of guys. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, it, it's just it's a tool. You know, what I mean, it's a tool for the mind game. You know, a lot of fighters, a lot of people don't understand the mind is more important than the body. You know. It's what matters between your between your head, you know. That's what counts, you know. Especially in a in a sport like this, it's a blood sport, you know. I mean, the mind is the key, you know. And for me, it's it's just to stay. It just it just skills, you know. It's just the way you go to the gym, work out your muscles, working out your your techniques. It's a another tool to work your, your mind game, you know, the mental game. You know what I mean? Is it like a psychiatrist a sitting or something like that, or like explain I mean, it to it's me? Not a psychiatrist. It's not psychiatrist. It's, it's a psychologist. It's just, it just, you know, people can call it different. People call it different things. They call it sports psychologist. They call it peak performance. They call it mental training. There's, 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 there's different titles you can use, but it's not. It's not something that, like, you know, it's 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 not a bad thing. It's a, it's a great thing. You know? I mean, it's, you're enhancing, you're modifying your brain, your 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 thinking patterns. You know, people people live a life conditioned a certain way just because of. In the, the what environment they're in, you know, people, you know, a lot of people they don't even, they're not even aware that uh, as simple as choices you make in life is a choice. You know, people think that they live the way they are because that's just the way it is. But it's not true. You know what I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'd be all odds. You know, I grew up from, I grew up from nothing. I, I had nothing. My family, my, my you know, I, I grew up from a, an average middle class family. My both parents always working. You know, I mean, I had to always struggle. You know, I mean, I went through a lot of adversities. I went through a lot of challenges growing up. You know, I mean, I got into a lot of trouble in the streets. And I just, I truly believe that martial arts saved me. You know, and just as a human being, I find that, you know, once you truly, people focus too much on the external versus the internal. You know, as, as a human being, 
I find that uh, this is why I love sports so much. With sports, the only way you can learn is through sports. Sports teaches you a lot. You know what I mean? And uh, there's a lot of principles and, and core values that you learn through sports. You know, and, and this is what it just it just refines you. You know, it just uh, uh, it's just another way to 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 live your life and a, a better life. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we're all gonna we're not gonna be here for forever. You know, we're all, we're all gonna die one day. And, and and for me, it's about every day taking it as a as a as a gift. You know, and working hard every day. You know, focusing on effort and just having uh, changing the way you think perspective. You know, you know I mean, the, the, it's simple things in life. You know, what I mean, it's very simple but yet very effective. So, do you think you will be mentally stronger than Donald Cerrone? I, that's that's that, you know what it's not even about that. That's, that's another thing about the beautiful thing about the mental game. It has nothing to do with your opponent. That's that's you see the, the thing about uh, the ironic thing about fighting is that you're, you're fighting yourself before you're even fighting another individual. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if if, if you have a type of mental, I mean, look at great world champions. Look at you know, I mean, I, I studied world champions. I mean, so you look at guys like Jack Dempsey. You look at Rocky Marciano. You're looking at Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. Do you, if, if the only way you become a champion is because is because you truly believe in your heart that you know you're a champion. It's very simple. If you if you go in, it's going into a fight thinking you're gonna lose, you are gonna lose. If you're going, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, of course, of course, the other guy is a well-trained athlete. The other guy has you know has has skills and attributes. Of course, you know, I mean, but at the end of the day. I mean, uh, it's very simple. You make up. You, it, for me, it's like this. You know, I say I go into the fight. He has to knock me out, or he has to submit me to win the fight. You know, that's the attitude I have. You know, I go into the gym every day with the attitude: I'm gonna work harder than you. I'm gonna work harder than everyone in the gym. I'm gonna push the pace. You know, that's the attitude of a champion. You know, what I mean? and this is why working with a mental coach, working with great guys, this is what they teach you. You know, studying world champions. You know. And, you know, it's a, it's something that you cannot teach. It's, it's something. It's a desire. It's a, it's a, it's, it's deeper than than what meets the eye. You said that you, that you're, uh, you feel like you're a smarter fighter now uh, than in the past, yeah. and that you feel like you know you will be able to fight more often. Something I had Cajun Johnson, at, who we just spoke about on the show last week, and something that he spoke about. Um, at TriStar is that you guys do something called play fighting. Is this something that you use as well? Uh, play fighting? Yeah, basically not not going a hundred percent, and you're not actually hitting each other hard. You're you're just going through the motions. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Everybody has their own own system. Everybody has their own system. But uh, I don't call it play fighting. I just call it skill work. I call it skill work. I call it uh, action reaction. It's, it's training your body to react to certain movements. You know, to have a good have a good reflex, have good timing. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Nice. Now, okay, look into your mental mind, UFC 187. How do you see the fight playing out? Because if if Donald Cerrone were coming in there, more than likely he's trying to take you down and finish you because your striking is so good. Do you see the fight playing out this way in your mind? I mean, like I said, I, I turn every striker into a wrestler. You, you look at my history <laughs> of my fights. You look at my history of my fights. Every I, I turn if if I if I turn Shane Campbell, a Muay Thai champion, into a wrestler at the end, you know, in, in the round, you want to take me down. I just truly believe in my heart that that my my stand up, my striking, my striking is I, I I mastered it. I've been doing it since the age of six years old. I've been doing striking. I did Taekwondo, karate, kickboxing, Muay Thai. But I I I practice every 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 art that you can for striking. I mean, so I truly believe that. 
you know, he is going to try to take it down. You know what I mean? And and, uh, and and if he wants to make an exciting fight, you know, it's, he's going to try to keep it standing. You know what I mean? And the best man will win. But the goal for me is to fight my fight, and, and he's going to fight his fight, and, and we'll see who's more prepared. He is TriStar's own John the Bull Macdessy. He'll take on Donald Cerrone at UFC 187 on May 23rd, live on pay-per-view. John, thanks a bunch for joining me, man, and just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe, as well as any sponsors or anyone you'd like to give shout-outs to. Yeah, well, I want to give you guys, I want to thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All the fans that support me, I love you guys, and uh, you can always catch me. You can always come, and you know, I always post up uh, videos of my trainings and stuff like that on Instagram, John the Bull McDessie, Twitter, and Facebook, you can check out my fan page, you know, John Bumagdesi. Thanks a lot, John. Good luck at UFC 187. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. There you have it. Another episode of Sucker Radio in the books. Thank you for listening. Thank you to my guest, Eddie Ung, who will be fighting just a few weeks' time at one championship. Uh, look out for that against Ariel Sexton. And thank you to John the Bull Macdesi. As I said... Taking Donald Zeroni on just a few weeks' notice. Mental training seems to be a big thing for this guy. So having just fought a couple weeks ago and fighting in a couple weeks might not be that big a deal for the guy. But it might, I mean, in some people's eyes, he's absolutely crazy. So keep an eye out. UFC 187, just a couple weeks' time here. And uh, John McDessey looking to seriously climb the ranks in the UFC lightweight division. Make sure you check out my sponsors over at ProAmBelts.com if you're in the need for a championship belt for your fight promotion or if you just want to hang one up in your man cave, they got you covered. ProAmBelts.com Also check out Onnit. Head on over to Onnit.com for all your supplement needs. I I popped me some Alpha Brains before this uh, very program. They are everything human performance needs. So check out Onnit.com and enter in the promo code MMASUCKA. That's M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A. You'll get yourself 10% off your entire supplement purchase. Thank you to LastWordOnSports.com. These guys, you know, they picked up the show last week, and and I'm happy to be on board because these guys have big things coming, and and they seem to be doing a great job. LastWordOnSports.com. Check us out on Twitter, at MMASucka. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeremyBrand604. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MMASucka. And with that... I am out. Spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness. That's when we collaborate. Mikey Rock and Jeremy Brandis, we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio. It's the it's the radio. Sucker sucker radio. It's the radio. It's the it's the radio. Sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.